You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? And that's what it's about. It's about finding your purpose and then going after it full force. You find out what you're called to do and don't let anything stop you from obtaining what God has for you. All in. Uh, And that's the mentality we need to have, especially in these last days. We're living in days, man. It's crazy out here. Uh, And so we really don't have time to mess around. Come on, you don't want to get into your 70s and realize, you know, oh man, I didn't do anything God wanted me to do. I've been, I've been living a life of convenience and living a life of just what I feel like doing or, or in your 80s or 90s. I mean, God can use somebody in their 80s. God can use somebody, come on, in their 90s. 120 uh, is what you've been promised here if you want it. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you have not been doing what you feel like you need to be doing for God, uh, there's no better time than, than today to start. Come on. Uh, you can start today doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. Make the adjustments. God will give you grace. God will give you mercy. God will help you so that you can fulfill the things that God has for you. And he said, your latter shall be greater, right? Your latter years shall be greater than the former. Uh, how many believe that? How many believe that your years, the rest of the years that you have on this earth will be better than the first half? Come on, amen. That's right. Amen, ladies. Amen, guys. Come on. This the last part uh, of what God has you here on this earth will be glorious. Come on, you'll have more influence than you've ever had. You, you, you'll do more things in this last period of time uh, than all of it combined. Amen. Amen. All of it. By the grace and the hand of God. Not by your own strength. Well, I don't know. I don't know anybody. I really don't. I don't even know how to do that. Don't worry. It ain't up to you. Just put one foot in front of the other. Come on. And let the grace of God, let the Holy Spirit help you in these things. Come on. He'll get all the credit. You know, he has a reputation of working with some real losers and making them champions. Come on, amen. You're looking at the chief loser, right? I'm serious. And so yeah, that's, that's what he specializes in, uh, taking people that man says, this guy. Look, when they went to find a, the king, right, uh, the next anointed king, they went to the house of Jesse looking for the next one, and all the sons are out there. Oh, this guy looks good. No, Lord, Lord tell, tells the prophet, that ain't him. Next one, that ain't him. That ain't him. That ain't him. That ain't him. He goes, well, is there anybody else? Well, yeah, there's this one in the field. They didn't even think to call him into the meeting because they, they thought in their minds, there's no way. There's no chance that, he, that David would be uh, the, the one they're looking for. But lo and behold, come on, what man despises, God raises up. Come on, God cleans up. God helps. And so... I'm telling you, that, that's encouraging. Come on, amen. That's encouraging. You don't have to have it all together. Come on, you don't have to be perfect. God is looking for a willing vessel. Someone who says, Lord, here am I. Lord, use me. Lord, I'm here. I, I, I want to do what you've called me to do. Man, there is no better life, none, than living out your purpose. Come on. Talk about living your best life. Yeah, they, your best life is living for Jesus. Come on. That's your best life. The world, man, brings destruction, brings pain. You know, I was just, uh, you ever heard of uh, Gerardo Mejia, Rico Suave back in the 90s, right? It was MC Hammer for the black folks, it was uh, Vanilla Ice for the white folks, and then it was uh, Rico Suave for the, for the Spanish folks, right? 
I was with him last night, and for the breakfast, he was out here doing something for Pastor Phil, and, and he had it all. He was on MTV, man. He was chilling in the clubs, had the women, had the money, the fame. He was on o the Oprah show. He was with uh, uh, Jay Leno on the Tonight Show, traveling around the world doing his thing, you know, Rico Suave and, and, and all of that. And in a twinkle of an eye, it all went down the hill, man. It just you, you would think, man, somebody like that, man, how could he get so depressed? How could he, you know, become so, so you know, uh, just not wanting to, to go on? How could he lose every, his marriage? His, everything just fell apart. All of that means nothing, absolutely nothing if you don't have Jesus. Come on. And so now he's still doing music, but he said, he said, the, the stuff I'm doing now is for Christ and for Jesus, and it's taken me further than Rico Suave has ever taken me. He thought he was in some places before as Rico Suave, you know, doors opening up and meeting people. He said, now it's on a whole nother level. And the Lord told him that he's, that the Lord said, uh, son, I've always had this for you, but you took the wrong path. You thought you had to go this way and serve Hollywood and serve the world uh, to obtain the things that you wanted, but really... If you would have just stuck with me, it would have been better than you. It would have been better than you thought or imagined. Come on, and so that's what the Lord is telling us this morning. If we stick with Him, His plan uh, uh, is better than anything you can think. Come on, any anything better than you uh, than you can imagine, right? Uh, any it's better than you can ask. Uh, just stick with Him, man. Stick with Jesus. A lot of times we think we have the best idea. We think we know better. Uh, a lot of times we have people around us that are influencing us and telling us we have to do this, pulling us that way. But if you stick with him, he'll take you further than you ever imagined. He'll take you, I like what Joel Osteen says. He says, God's getting ready to take you places you never imagined. Come on. The, the, in Ephesians it says he predestined for each and every one of us the good life for us to walk out. The good life. Come on, well, Pastor, I ain't living the good life right now. Well, let, let, I'm going to help you out this morning. We're going to be talking about how to take adversity, right, how to face adversity and turn it into victory. Last time I spoke to you, that's what we, we touched on. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people are facing adversity. If you're not, you will. Come on, you will. That's not a bad confession. The Bible tells us that we'll face it. But it's how you handle it, right, how, deter, will determine the outcome. How you respond to adversity will determine the outcome. Right? And so you need to learn how to handle it correctly. Most people do not handle it correctly. Most people don't know how to, how to, how to fight when, when times get tough. Right? They just don't know. They're on WebMD. They're watching Oprah. Come on. They're, they're watching uh, Jerry Springer. Right? And they figure, well, let's see what they're doing. They, you know, I, I, I could never really understand why you would want to go on Jerry Springer to air out all your dirty laundry. I, I just I thought, man, I'd never go on there and tell anybody none of this stuff. People on there telling all kind of crazy stuff. Uh, but that's not where your help is going to come from, right? If you try to do things according to the world's way, you're going to get the results that the world is getting. And how is it that Robin Williams, one of the funniest comedians in the world, one of the best in the world that, to ever do it, ends up killing himself? How? How is that possible? Makes so many people happy. He made so many people laugh, but he himself, depressed as all else, killed himself. We hear it time and time. Actors, divorce, actors, in drugs, actors going down. This, famous people. You're like, how the heck could they be in trouble, man? They had all this nice stuff. All. Because if you don't have peace on the inside of you, money don't mean a thing. It don't matter how much you have, how much you don't have. If you don't have peace on the inside, it ain't worth it. You know, I had an aunt that was well off. She did really well for herself. 
uh, you know, rose in this company, did well, made some good financial decisions, house paid for, money coming in, doing well. But miserable is all else. Uh, pills to wake up, pills to stay up, pills to go to sleep, uh, pills to function. Uh, no peace whatsoever. Hundreds of thousands in the account, everything paid for, you know, no worries, of, but, but just miserable. Uh, I know another lady, millionaire. She just died not too long ago. Millionaire, miserable lady, straight up miserable, just feisty, nasty, no peace. Lives in a gated community, mansion, Aston Martin in the driveway, if you know what that kind of, you know, those kind of cars, hundreds of thousand dollar car, driving around with a Porsche, a regular car, beautiful, everything. Ended up dying miserable, miserable. God is not opposed to you having money. God is not opposed to you being successful. But as soon as those things become the object of your eye and you, you go all in for that, that's where the destruction starts to come in. Uh, and so we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes on the path that he has ordained for us, and one foot in front of the other. Just keep going. One foot in front of the other. You get knocked back, oh, oh, one foot, just keep going. Don't quit. Come on, that's the key. Galatians 6, 9. If you don't get weary and well-doing in due season, you shall reap. In other words, if you just don't quit, you will win. Just don't give up. Say, I'm not a quitter. I'm a fighter. Well, Pastor, I don't like to fight, Pastor. You know, I'm, I'm a lover. You're called to fight the good fight of faith. You are called to fight, right? And so you can get a backbone about yourself and say, you know what, I had enough. I, devil, I've had enough of you stealing from me. I've had enough of sleepless nights. I've, I've had enough of, of this medication, the side effects. I've had enough of depression. I've had enough of the anxiety. Come on, I can't get free of these drugs. I've had enough. Come on, you just got to get fed up. You got enough is enough, Right? That, that, that you just got to say, hey, I'm done. And I'm telling you right now, there is no better place than life in Christ. For you to come around, we have people that will get in the trenches with you, that will help you, that will fight with you. But you have to want it more than we want you to have. Come on, you have to want it more than I want you to have it. Because a lot of times that's the situation. We want the freedom more than they want the freedom, and it'll never work. I didn't get free from my mom. I'm going to tell you right now. My mom wanted me free so bad. My mother would give you her right arm, everything she owned for me to be free. But I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get free even knowing how bad she wanted me to be free. Uh, I, I couldn't do it. Okay, mom, I'm going to do it for you. Every time I said that, I failed. Couldn't even do it for my children, my son. I'm going to do it for my son. I got a son. I'm going to clean myself up. Nope. Fall right back down. I had to say enough is enough. I want to do it. I need to do it for me. Come on. A lot of people mess that up. They're doing it for the wrong reason. I'm doing it for this person, doing it for my family. It's never enough. It's never. You have to make the decision to want it for yourself. That's why you see so many people. How the heck could they do that? They have a family. They have this. They couldn't, you know, for the sake of their family. They, no, it's just it never works. You have, for them, they have to want it for themselves. For themselves. You have to want it for you. You have to want to change. You have to want to make the decision. Uh, you, have to, you have to make the decision to, 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 to not want to live like that anymore. That's called humility, by the way. And the Bible says he gives grace to the humble. When you say, Lord, I, I want to change. I can't do it on my own. I surrender to you. That means surrendering to the ways that God has prescribed. That means coming to church. That means getting involved. That means plugging in. That means showing up. Come on, that means doing all these things that, 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 that God has ordained uh, for you to, make, to, to help you make some adjustments. It's not just enough for you to say, Lord, I, wanna, I need help, and then never show up, never do the things, never uh, read your word, never develop, nothing. It, it just doesn't work. 
You know, Lord, I'm, I need a job, Lord. And then you never, ever put in an application? That's what that is. It's like, Lord, I need help and not showing up for the church. It's the same thing. If you want to change, you'll show up. Amen. So um, let's look at Ephesians. We're going to talk about love for a second. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 29, I'm going to be reading from. How many brought your Bibles this morning? That's what we do. We bring our Bibles to church, right? We bring our notepads to church. We're expecting to hear from the Lord. If you're expecting to hear from God, you bring a notepad. You want to write stuff down. You want to get your eyes on the Word of God. Very important. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. All right. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessity, uh, what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen to this. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Forgive one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And a lot of you know this church, we emphasize love in this church. Lord told me that he will only use us to the level in which we develop in love. Um, so I switch gears a little bit. I'll go back to adversity, but I want to cover this. I feel it in my spirit to, to make sure we, we, we touch on this before we continue. Uh, because we need my renewal in this area. We need to continue to hear uh, the, the anointed word of God uh, as it pertains to love so that you can, can allow the word. That's what happens. When we, when we read this word according to love, it, 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 if you let it, it'll make adjustments on the inside of you. Come on, love, love is kind. Love, love is peaceful. Love is, love is tender-hearted. And, and, and if you will, will allow it, the, wor the Word will literally chip some things off of your heart. It'll mold. It'll, it'll start to rearrange some things. Uh, and so we need to remind ourselves that love is, is, is vital. Faith worketh by love. You, you cannot operate in the kingdom without faith. And if you're not operating in love, it will hinder your faith. And so you need to make sure that your love walk is intact. How do you do that? By continuing to feed on scriptures, continuing to grow in this area. And you need to do it every day. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. The characteristics of love. Getting them on the inside of you. And I guarantee you, you're going to have an opportunity to practice. Somebody will test you. Somebody will annoy you. Somebody will do something to you that will cause you uh, to either respond positively or negatively. You're going to have an opportunity to practice. And I want to implore you. I want to I I help you here this morning. Respond with mercy. Always err on the side of mercy. When you're dealing with somebody, always err on the side of mercy. I'm, I'm telling you, that's very difficult for me. I'll be honest with you. Especially if it's a repeat offender. Right? Somebody who's done things over and over and over and over. How have they not have learned? They have, man, I told them I don't like that, and they keep doing it. Always err on the side of mercy because unforgiveness will clog your pipeline to heaven. The Bible says when you stand praying, if you have ought against any, forgive. Ought means any little thing. The Bible says that if you don't forgive, how can your heavenly Father forgive you? How many of you need forgiveness from your heavenly Father, right? I need it. 
And I need my prayers to be answered. Come on. I don't know about you, but I need that communication line with heaven as open as it can be. Come on. And I'm not going to allow anybody or any situation to hinder that. That means I'm going to walk in love whether I feel like it or not. Come on. Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. You decide to love. I'm going to love whether anybody else loves or not. That's the decision we have to make. So make that right now. Say this. Say, I'm going to love whether anybody else loves or not. Amen. It has nothing to do with how someone else acts. You can control your response. You can control how you act. You can't control how they act. So it's not dependent on them apologizing, them coming and asking uh, for, to talk. No, you forgive immediately. The longer it takes you to forgive, the harder it is to forgive. Because you're going to brew it over. You're going to think about it. You're going to call your best friend. How could you, can you believe they did this, they did that? Immediately release it. You know what? I forgive. I'm going to let this go. Father, I, by, by, I ask for your help in this. I decide right here to forgive them. I will not allow this to hinder my walk with you. I'm walking in love in the name of Jesus. Amen. Brother Hagen tells a story of a, a pastor's wife who hated her mother-in-law. Yeah, she hated her mother-in-law. And she would say that out loud. Uh, and she got sick, real sick. And Brother Hagen told her, it's because of the unforgiveness. And so they prayed, they released it. And she said something like this. Brother Hagen told her to say this. She repeated it. Devil, I forgive my mother-in-law. I'm walking in love now. You get your hands off of my body. You hear me, devil? I'm walking in love now. Get your hands off of my body. Because unforgiveness uh, uh, gives legal access to the enemy. And so she said, nope, I'm walking in love now. It wasn't a matter of time. She was raised up, healed completely well. Unforgiveness will open the door to the enemy. And the devil just needs a little crack. And he starts getting in there, opening it up a little bigger. Come on, steps a foot in there now. Then another opportunity comes for you to be off offended. You take that opportunity. Now the hole is this big. The devil's wreaking havoc. Next thing you know, you, you have all kind of issues going on. What happened, God? It's, it's because you opened the door. Come on to unforgiveness. You open the door to the enemy. God isn't putting sickness on anybody. God is not the author of sickness and disease, right? The devil is. John 10, 10. Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, but the thief or the devil, right, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's any stealing, any destroying, any killing going on, it's not from God. It's from who? The enemy. It's very important to recognize that. And so Every day, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. Write that down. 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. The characteristics of love. Read those. I'm going to read them right here out of the King James Version real quick, and then we'll continue. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, hears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I read that almost every single day. I need to. Come on, I don't know about you, but I need to read this every single day because my flesh will, will start to act up based upon what someone else does or doesn't do. Or they didn't do it the way I want them to do it and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I need this on the inside of me. I need to, to fortify my spirit against these things. Amen. And I, and I venture to say you do too. Because if he told me that he will only use us to the level in which we develop in our love walk, 
then man, I, I don't want to have a ceiling with God. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to be used. Don't you? Don't you want to be continue to be used? Don't you want to be used in a greater way in the things of God? And so walking in love is going to be vital, absolutely vital. All right. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 in the New Living Translation says, So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. But letting your spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. It says, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Listen to that. Now the mind of the flesh means, means doing things outside of the Holy Spirit. The, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that compromises all the miseries arising from sin both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. In other words, doing things according to the, the ways of God will bring life and peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How many of you want life and peace? Listen, I'll take life and peace, man, any day of the week. Uh, and we see here doing things in the arm of the flesh or doing things according to, the Bible says, sense and reason without the Holy Spirit leads to death, to destruction. Nothing good. That's how most people react in times of adversity. They get stressed out. They go get medication, pills, this, that. Uh, they, start op they start talking differently. They, they no longer want to do what the Bible says. They start looking up stuff. Then they're down the path. Next thing you know, they go into a, a, a fortune teller. You know, people end up in some weird places when they do things in the arm of the flesh. You know, it's extreme. Uh, but but there, are, there are different things that the enemy will use. And so I want to encourage you as we go through this, there is always, in times of temptation, and it could be for anything. Some of us have temptations with drugs, alcohol. Other people have temptations to do things uh, the world's way. Uh, and, and, and so there is always a way out. Temptation never comes without a way out. It's our job to recognize that door. So when something is coming your way that is contrary to the Word of God, there is always a way of escape. Amen. There's always a way out. You have, the Bible says that you will not be tested beyond what you can handle. You will not face adversity beyond what you can handle. And if you're, you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, come on, if you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on. You have resurrection power living on the inside of you. That power is the power that will help you get back up when you get knocked off the horse. Come on. We don't quit. There, there is no quitting when you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. When you yield to that Holy Spirit, He'll quicken your mortal body. Come on. He'll give you strength, supernatural strength on the inside of you to put one foot in front of the other, to keep going. Amen? Yeah, I'll continue preaching for the rest of my life. Don't quit. Do not quit. There is light at the end of the tunnel. No matter what you're facing, do not throw in the towel. If you're watching this, do not give up. One foot in front of the other. Give God some time. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. Resurrection powers on the inside of you. That power on the inside of you is the greatest force in, in the world. Greater than any atomic bomb. It raised Jesus from the dead. That power is on the inside of you. It'll raise, it'll change any problem you're facing. Amen? Anything that you're facing, that power on the inside of you can take care. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, you know, people, why, 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 I'm in so much trouble. There are some people that it just, stuff just happens to one after another, one after another. The Bible says, trouble pursues the sinner, but the righteous 
are rewarded with good things. When you do things according to the world's way of doing things, which is sin, that's the Bible. Trouble finds you. I know when I was in the world, man, I get pulled over this, then that, then the court date messed up, then, then I have this, and, and it's just one thing after another. That's what happens when you open yourself up to the world's way of doing things. Uh, and so uh, the way of the transgressor is hard, one, 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 uh, one version says. But the way of the path of the righteous, the Bible says, gets what? Brighter and brighter. In other words, the path uh, of holiness gets better and better. When you follow God, when you put all your chips in with Him, your path will get brighter and brighter better and better. You'll go from victory to victory. Come on. You, you, you'll win and win and win. That's the will of God for you to succeed in life. Come on. For you to have victory in life. You're called to have dominion. Come on. You're called to rule and reign here on earth. I'm not talking about dominion over your wife. Come on. Or, or, or treating people nasty. I'm talking about dominion over every situation and circumstance that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything contrary to this word, you have been given dominion over because you have the name of Jesus, the name above every name. You have that weapon. And everything has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every circumstance and situation has to bow itself to the supernatural, the name of Jesus. But you have to know how to use it. You know, a samurai is, is, is a samurai because he's been trained with the sword. If you give me a sword, I mean, I'm okay, I guess, but I have no training. That's why you come to church. You're getting trained. You're, you're understanding these things to be able to utilize them, to be able to see the victory that Jesus died for you to have. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're going for. We're going for the victory. And, you know, I like what Brother Copeland says. He says, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. We're in the castle. We have the guns. We're fortified. If you just stay in the castle of faith, come on, you win. But as soon as you try to leave the castle of faith into the arena of feelings, into the arena of what you can see and feel and hear, the natural arena, the devil will whoop you every time. If you can stay in the faith arena, you win every time. Just don't leave, man. What is the faith arena? It's you standing on the Word of God, you building on these things, growing on in these things, so that you can see the victory that He's ordained for you to have. Amen. All right. Uh, Proverbs 24, 18. I like this. It's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get back up. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times, but he still gets up. You know, I've watched a lot of boxing, and I like UFC. I like all of that. Man, it amazes me. Uh, Ovanda Holyfield was one, and he was a Christian, a Christian guy. Uh, uh, he, he would... He would get in the ring, and, and man, he'd box, he'd get knocked out, and you think, oh, it's over. But he, he'd get back up, you know, his resilience to keep going, just keep, keep getting back up. Then he'd fight, and he'd end up winning. Uh, a lot of times, it's just putting one foot in front of the other. And, you know, uh, it's not really how you start. It's how you finish. Get back up is a key part, key component uh, of, of this Christian walk. When I got born again, I... Uh, you know, I received Jesus. I went, to, I went to a discipleship program. A lot of you know my story. Uh, and the first week, I, I went up in a church service, accepted Jesus into my heart as Lord and Savior. But nothing really changed for about two months. Uh, you know, I was continuing to think the same way, do the same things, act the same way. I, my mind hadn't been renewed. Uh, and so, you know, that led me into problems and, and different things. 
but about two or three months in, I got a hold of a, of a tape by Jerry Savelle, and things started to click. I said, oh, man, that makes sense. Uh, God, God has a plan for me. And, and it just, it's it, something, you know, you know, when the light bulb goes off and you just make that adjustment on the inside, the Holy Spirit makes the adjustment. And I, and I went all in. I consumed everything, man. I got so hungry for the things of God. I, I books and tapes and, and everything. I was just, man, I was a ferocious eater of the things of God. And I just wanted to, to do everything that God had for me. And, and, you know, I was excited. I thought, man, I'm free. I'm good. And, and I was. But I started to let my foot off the gas a little bit, and I'd make a mistake, and I'd fall. I said, oh, man, I got to start. I would think I got to start all over. All this good credit I done worked up with the Lord, and I just lost it right here by messing up, and I got to start all over. So I would do that again, and I would do well for a period of time, and I would fall. And then, oh, man, here we go again. And, but you know what? I just kept getting back up. I had a pastor. His name is Jeff Allensworth, and his favorite scripture was Galatians 6-9. And he would always tell me, if you just don't quit, Joe, you win. If you just don't throw in the towel, you win. And I would see people around me mess up and stay down and, and, and wallow in it and, 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 and not get back up. But by the grace of God, I was able to get back up. And I haven't been perfect since. I'd make a mistake and I'd just keep getting back up. Just keep getting back up. The resilience on the inside of me. I, but the Holy Spirit would not allow me to stay down. Come on. Would not allow me to stay down. And I would go forward, and I'd mess up, and I'd get back up. I said, how many times are you going to fall? The Lord said, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And sooner or later, I turned that corner, and I never looked back when some of these things. Amen? That's what happens. You just keep going. You, man, you think, man, that thing is off for you, and, and it tries to sneak back up, and you trip. You just, no, I'm just going to keep going. Next thing you know, you look back, and, man, you haven't dealt with that. And, whoo, man, eh, by the grace of God. And I know it's the grace of God and the power of God that has sustained me. Uh, and so it's really just keep getting back up. That's, the, that's, that's a main component of dealing with adversity is keep getting back, is, is keep putting one foot in front of the other. Do not quit. Galatians 6.9. Write that down. It's very important. Write that down. Galatians 6.9. If you don't get weary in well-doing, just don't stop doing the things you know to do in times of trouble. Don't, don't stop feeding. Don't stop getting around people. A lot of people run from God instead of running to God in times of adversity. Big mistake. Never run from God. Never run from His Word. When you're facing things, this is where you need to be. In the anointing. Come on, under the anointed Word of God, in the presence of God, pulling on the anointing, strengthening your spirit. And, and that's what this place is all about. We love on people. That's what we do here. We love on people. We, we speak the, the, the truth in love. We love on people. We help people. We want to see people succeed. We want to see people fulfill the destiny upon their lives that God has for them. Uh, and so a big part of that is not quitting. A righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. Listen, what you're facing may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than our God. Come on. What you're facing may be bigger than you, but it's not bigger than our God. El Shaddai. Come on, the God of heaven and earth, he created every single thing on this earth. The cattle on a thousand hill belongs to, to him, the Alpha and the Omega. He is your God. So we need to start acting like we have a covenant with him. Amen. When we're facing situations, we need to act like we have a covenant with the Almighty God. A lot of us start crumbling. Oh, what am I going to do? Well, don't you have a covenant with the creator in earth? It's like, you know, back in the day, if you were connected to the mafia, don't, don't you know the boss? What are you crying for? You can take care of this problem. You know the king of kings, the lord of lords. It's like if you had an inn back in the day with a king. 
You had the king's favor and the king's blessing back in the day, right? You, you had the ability uh, to call upon him to help you out. You have the ability to call upon the king of kings to, to, to help you in, in your situation. Uh, so we're talking about how to deal with adversity. It's very obvious. Uh, let's read. Let's go to um, say this. Say, I refuse to quit. I refuse to back down. I refuse to give up. Let's go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And we're going to break this down here. Some practical steps on how to, how to deal with adversity. We're talking some high, some high level things, but I want to, if you have the Amplified, that'll be great. John 16, 33, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified classic version. and breaks it down pretty good. It has some different words that I want to pull out and show you. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you will have tribulations and trials and distresses and frustrations. So they're coming. We know they're coming. If we know a storm is coming, what do we do? We prepare. We know trials and tribulations, frustrations are going to come. It's a, take it to the bank. If you're not facing adversity, you're going to. If you're not facing trials, if you're not in the midst of it, you're going to face it. He says, in the world you have tribulations and trials and distress and frustrations. But he says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Let's look at that. Be of good cheer. Now, in other words, maintain and hold on to your joy. In times of adversity, we need to be looking at the gauges. You know, you're driving in your car, you have different gauges, right? Your gas gauge, your, your, all the different things. In, in, in the arena of life, you have a, a joy gauge, and we need to be keeping an eye on that. If you start to see that that joy is going down, you're in trouble. Because the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you have no joy, you have no strength. That's why I said be of good courage, be of good cheer, that, if you allow your joy to go down to E, you will be zapped of strength. And we've taught on that. We, we have uh, tapes and, and stuff online you can go uh, and, and study up on how important it is to maintain your joy in the midst of adversity. And that's something that you decide to do. That's not something that, that joy is not necessarily a feeling. It may produce a feeling, but joy is a decision. To, to say, you know what, I'm going to maintain my, my faith in God and I'm not going to allow what I see, what I feel, what I hear to shift me, to move me. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So be of good cheer. Take courage. It says take courage. Courage means this, strength in the face of pain and grief. He said, be of, good courage, be of good cheer, meaning maintain your joy. Then he says, be of good courage, which means strength in the face of pain or grief. So when you're facing pain, when you're facing grief, he, the Bible's telling us to be strong, right? The Bible is not telling us to collapse. The Bible isn't saying start wailing. He's saying maintain your joy and be strong. And remember, you have power on the inside of you to be able to do that. Be confident. Confident means this. We're just going down the line, the different adjectives he put here. Confidence means the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something firm having trust. I'm going to read that again. Confidence. 
So he said, maintain your joy, maintain your courage. Write these down. These are the couple of steps on, on what to do when you face adversity. Maintain your joy, maintain your courage. Third one is confidence. The feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Firm trust. He's saying maintain your trust in the living God. Maintain your trust in God's ability in your life. And so, the next one, certain undaunted. Undaunted means this, not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointed. So when you're facing adversities, when you're facing a crisis, because that's what adversity means. It means crisis or something opposed to your success. When you're facing something opposed to your success, he's saying don't be intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. So maintain your joy, maintain your courage, maintain your confidence. And remember in Hebrews chapter 10, Bible tells us, therefore do not cast away your confidence for it has great reward. Your confidence in God is what the, the devil is after. He's getting you to he, wants you to, he wants to get you to think that God is not reliable. God isn't going to come through for you this time. You know, I know you were healed last time, and I know God came through for you a couple years ago, uh, but, but, you know, he ain't going to do it this time. That's what he's after. He's after your confidence in him. Do not allow him to rob you of your confidence. It has great reward, Hebrews tells us. Great reward. Confidence. Come on, how many have confidence in the living God? Confidence that he's able. Come on, he, he is willing. He wants to help. And when we talked about the Holy Spirit, you know, the main reason I felt we were to teach on that, one that you would understand, great, but really it's that we would become aware of his presence in our life. That we would say, okay, instead of, go, what, what are we going to do? No, I know what we're going to do. Holy Spirit, help me here. Right away, we acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Right away, we invite Him into that situation. I like Amber's testimony not too long ago when she was having some difficulties and she asked the Holy Spirit, what, what, what is it? And He told her what it was. She made the adjustment and saw the breakthrough. That's how we should live every single day through every situation. Many times, I've called the Holy Spirit, what do I do here? Do this. That don't make no sense. Holy Spirit doesn't always make sense. Holy Spirit will not always line up with our peanut brain. Come on. Holy Spirit knows everything about everything. Everything about every situation. He knows everything about relationships. He knows everything about marriages, everything about uh, parenting. He knows everything about everything, leadership, everything. And so when we invite him into the situation and open ourselves up to what he has to say, he will give us the answer. And when we apply it, we'll see the victory. Amen. Amen. And so that's the same thing here. Uh, we, we invite him into the situation. Confidence. Write Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 down. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. And then the last one was undaunted. Be undaunted, not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. You know, when you face some big shots, get encouraged. What do you mean? Get encouraged because the devil has thrown his best shot and it's not enough. Come on. When you, when you get hit you, and you're still standing, ha, ha, 
<laughs> devil, that's your best shot. I'm still standing. Glory be to God. I'm not going anywhere. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I will see the victory. Come on. Whatever it is, my children will serve God. I know right now they're doing it, but I know they will serve God. Come on. I have the promises of a generation, and in my household, we will serve God. Praise the Lord. I serve in the house of God. He'll take care of my house. El Shaddai is on my case. I have more than enough. I will never lack any good or beneficial thing. I'm a giver and a tither. The windows of heaven are open over my life. Whatever it is for you, you just start opening your mouth and proclaiming God's promises over that situation. Important. We've talked about this in, in the past, but when you face adversity, your first words are going to dictate the outcome of that. What you do first, what you say first, because remember, your tongue is like a rudder on a ship. If you turn that ship this way towards darkness by what you say, man, it's hard to come back up this way. You can do it, but it's hard. You might as well start with something good and come out and start going this way. Praise the Lord. I'm going to win this. Come on by the glory of God. I'm going to win this by the power of God. I will see the victory in this place. I, whatever. It could be a, a bad report from the doctor. By his stripes, I'm healed. A uh, doctor tells you, man, you only have three weeks to live, and this, this is, nobody's ever had this problem. This is, this is very rare. You know, what it, remember, the devil's after your confidence in God, right? He's trying to shake your confidence, which, remember, has great reward, right? No, no, no. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate it. Nope. Uh, thank you, but no, I believe the report of the Lord. I'm healed, I'm well, I'm strong. And you start going down this list. You start saying, okay, remember, the Bible says that I'm, I should be undaunted, not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty. Remember, the, devil, uh, the, the Bible says, have courage, strength in the face of pain or grief. Come on. All of these things. The Bible says, be of good cheer and when I face trials and tribulations. In other words, come on. Ha, 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 devil. Nice try. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to hold on to my confidence, my joy. I'm going to be undaunted. Come on. All of these things you need to put into play. And you will see the victory. And I want to show you what Jesus did when he was being attacked. But first, go to Nehemiah chapter 9. And I don't care how many times... You've made the wrong turn. How many times you've done something you shouldn't have done? How many times you've actually created the mess? How many, how many of you can say, I've created the mess quite a bit in my life, right? A lot of times we find ourselves in trouble, uh, and we've created that trouble, and then we feel kind of ashamed to ask God to get us out of that trouble. Uh, or maybe we do, but we don't really have confidence that he's going to help us because we think, well, you know, there's probably somebody else out there that he can help. And, and me, I just keep making the same mistakes or whatever it is. You know, we think that God isn't going to help us. But I want to show you something in Nehemiah. I was reading. I'm going through the Old Testament. I'm, I'm in Nehemiah now. And I was reading this just as part of my, part of my daily devotions. And it applied to this, to, to what I'm, we're talking about today, dealing with adversity. But I want to encourage you to, to turn your face to the Lord no matter, no matter how many times you messed up. No matter how many times uh, you didn't do what you felt like God was telling you to do. No matter how many times you've tripped uh, to turn to Him. So Nehemiah chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 16. Before this, it talks about how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt delivered them from bondage and, and, and took them out uh, uh, by the way of the Red Sea and how the Red Sea swallowed up the Egyptians, which represented God's uh, enemies. Uh, and so, verse 16, but they and our fathers acted proudly, hardened their necks, and did not heed your commandments. They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders. 
That you did among them. But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, they approached the leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to, perform, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful. Listen to this. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. Even when they made uh, a molded calf for themselves and said, this is your God that brought you up out of Egypt and worked great provocations, yet in your manifold mercies, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud did not depart them by day to lead them on the road, nor did the pillar of fire by night to show them the light and the way they should go. You also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them uh, in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. So even though they were acting up, God still kept his hand upon their lives. I like that part where it says, But you, God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in mercy, and did not forsake them. That is your God. Your God is slow to anger, abundant in mercy, ready to pardon, ready to forgive. That's who we serve. Verse 23, moreover, you gave them kingdoms and nations and divided them into districts. So they took possession of the land of Shehan, the land of the king of Heshbon, and the land of Og, king of Bashan. You also multiplied their children as the stars of the heavens and brought them into the land which you had told their fathers to go in and possess. So the people went in and possessed the land. You subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into the hands with their kings. And the people of the land, they might do with them as they wished. Listen to this. And they took strong cities and rich land and possessed houses full of all goods, cisterns already dug, vineyards, olive groves, and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled and grew fat and delighted themselves in your good goodness. So God blessed them. God, God took them into the promised land, subdued the, the people in the promised land, blessed them, gave them abundance. And then look at verse 24. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you, cast your law behind their backs, and killed your prophets who testified against them <laughs> to, burn, uh, to turn them to yourself. And they worked great provocations. Therefore, you delivered them into the hands of their enemies who opposed them and in time, and in the time of their troubles, when they cried in, when they cried to you. So listen to this. The first part I just read here, they were disobedient, so God took his hand off of them. They, they, they stopped doing things according to what God had prescribed. They started doing things the way they wanted to do things again. Uh, and so they, God said, go ahead, do what you want to do. The enemy wreaked havoc in their lives. And then you see here, it says, when they cried to you, you heard them from heaven. And according to your abundant mercies, you gave them deliverers who saved them from the hand of the enemy. And so after they just provoked God, they just went opposed to what God had told them to do. But as soon as they turned to God and said, Father, have mercy, have mercy, he rushed in. He rushed in. Verse 28, but after they had rest, they again did evil. So God delivered them. They opposed God. God delivered them again. Here we go again. But after they had rest, they again did evil. How many of you have messed up more than once? Come on. This sounds like my testimony a little bit, 
right? Uh, God blesses me. I start doing good. And man, I just do it. I go back to the vomit. And man, okay, Lord, help. God comes in and helps. I'm doing good. I go back to the vomit. And it's just a cycle, right? It's just a cycle. But what I want to encourage you here, God's, this, uh, this is a testament of God's mercy and his goodness and his faithfulness to his people. He's got a covenant with you. And what, nothing you can do can cut that covenant off. Nothing. Nothing can separate you. Now, when you decide to do things against what God has prescribed, you open yourself up to the enemy. You're the one that brings down the wall of protection, not God. God is always waiting, ready to receive you, just like the prodigal son. We, I mean, a lot of you know the story of the prodigal son. Took his inheritance, went out, spent it all, and, and came back to his father. Oh, I want to be a servant in your house. And no, he didn't receive him that way. He received him, restored him right to his rightful place. That's what God does for you and I. When we go wayward, okay, he says, well, I'm here waiting for him. But as soon as you decide to come back, you get restored to your rightful place. Come on. As, as, as a son of the Most High God, you become righteous based upon what Jesus has done on the cross. All right? Not, not based upon what you've done or haven't done. I want to finish that up. So, verse, yet they returned and cried out, you heard from heaven, and many times you delivered them according to your mercy. Verse 29, and testified against them that you might bring them back to your law. Yet they acted proudly and did not heed your commandments, but sinned against your judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. And they struggled, they shrugged their shoulders, stiffened their necks, and would not hear. Verse 30, yet for many years you had patience with them. Man, thank God that God for many years has patience on us. Come on, God has been so patient with me. Has God been patient with you? Many years he's been patient with me and testified against them by your spirit and your prophets, yet they would not listen. Many times God has sent people my way and yet I would not listen. How many times has God sent somebody to, to speak into your life and you just would not listen? I'm encouraging you here this morning because a lot of you have been in a place where it just keeps going around and around and people try to help you and you just keep falling, but there is hope for you. There is hope for you in your situation. Yet for many years you had patience with them and testified against them by your spirit and your prophets, yet they would not listen. Therefore you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the land. Nevertheless, in your great mercy, you did not utterly consume them nor forsake them. For you are God, gracious and merciful. Now therefore our God, the great, the mighty and awesome God who keeps covenant and mercy, do not let all the trouble seem small before you that has come up upon us, our kings and our princes, our priests and our prophets, our fathers, and on all your people from the days of the kings. Assyria, until this day, however, you are just in all that has befallen us. For you have dealt faithfully, but we have done wickedly. God will always deal faithfully with us, always. When we decide to turn our faces to him, he meets us with mercy, he meets us with grace, Grace is, is the ability to overcome. It is his strength in your life. And that is, is, is what most people fail to do in times of trouble. They run the opposite way. They, they, they don't run into his arms. They keep going further into their mess. And a lot of times, you, they don't make it back. I know a lot of friends of mine that God has been merciful on them. God has helped them. But they just keep going deeper the other way. And man, the, it gets to a point where you, you don't make it back. You end up dead or, or, you know, it just becomes very difficult to do. So the last thing I want to show you is how Jesus responded in Luke chapter 4. 
to adversity. And this has to do with speaking the word, opening your mouth. Very important in times of trouble uh, to, to be speaking what God said about your situation. Not to be speaking about the situation, but to be speaking the word to the situation. Amen? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 3rd, the third gospel, chapter 4. And remember, temptation is not a sin. If you're being tempted, don't feel like you are less than, because the devil will do that if you allow him. Well, if you were a Christian, you wouldn't be tempted with this. If you were, look at you going to church and now you're thinking about that. The devil, come on, uh, brings thoughts to people. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. In other words, you can't stop a thought from coming, but you can uh, stop it from, uh, you you have the power and the ability to either cast it down or to chew on that thought. And that's, that's going to be the decision maker, whether you take that thought and cast it down or whether you continue to mull it over. So Luke chapter 4 is how Jesus responds. The title is Satan Tempts Jesus, chapter 4. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. In other words, he was fasting. Verse 3. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Okay. What did Jesus... And Jesus answered him, it is written. In other words, well, here's what the word says. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by, er- by every word of God. Then the devil talking, uh, taking him up on the high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, how I many you know the devil speaks to us, right? The, de- the devil tempts, the devil speaks. The devil said to him, all this authority I will give to you and their glory for, this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And then again, Jesus answered. Look, Jesus answered. We, we need to have a response for the enemy. If you stay silent, you lose by default. Come on, if you stay silent, you lose by default. I understand when things are happening, sometimes you can't, you know, the old saying, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. It may take a little time, but, but you, only enough to where you can get in the Word and start to build your spirit because you need to have a response to the enemy. Staying silent, you lose by default. Remember that. But, you know, I understand you start getting hit. Don't just start opening your mouth. If you, can't start, if you can't speak the word, take a moment, get in the word, build your spirit, and then if you have to, even with tears coming down your face, by his stripes I'm healed. I'm going to make it. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Even in the midst of your distress, you open up your mouth and answer the devil. Amen? All right, let's, let's continue reading here. And Jesus answered him, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Remember, it is written. Oh, we speak in the word of God. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, (laughs) He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Now here's the devil quoting scripture. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus again answered and said, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil has ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. It goes back to James. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he shall flee. 
We forget. We, 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 a lot of times we say, resist the devil and he shall flee. The first part of that says, submit to God. Submit means doing things the way God has prescribed them. And so when you submit to God and you operate according to the things I'm showing you right here, and you resist him, he has to flee, just like he fleed Jesus. Doesn't mean he leave forever, but you just, he knows when he comes around, man, man, that's a tough one, because you're going to resist. You're not just going to lay down and take it. You're not going to allow thoughts to continue to bombard your mind. You're going to fight. You're going to open up your mouth. By the grace of God, I declare you will win every victory in Jesus' name. Come on. You're more than a conqueror. It, it is scriptural to be challenged. It's unscriptural for you to be defeated. Come on. It's unscriptural for you to be defeated. He overcame the world so that you uh, don't have to. You just have faith in him who has done it already, and you'll see the victory. Amen. Stand to your feet. I want to pray over you. If you say, Pastor, I, I, I need help in this area. I'm feeling discouraged. I feel a lack of hope. Because uh, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. The heart is referred to your spirit. So when, when you, when you are, are, are in a place of despair or discouragement, it literally means your spirit will be sick. And so I want to pray for you this morning. Life and peace are available here this morning. Amen. Come on, life and peace. Yes. You, you don't have to live a life of depression, anxiety. You don't have to live a life overwhelmed. You're not meant to carry stress. Stress, there's been studies in the scientific world that have shown that stress releases a toxin into your body that starts to break the organs down. And so, why is that? Because your body's not meant to carry that. He says, cast your cares over unto him. Right? And so that's what we're going to do here this morning. If you say, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm going to open up the altars. I'll lay hands on you. You can come on down, Pastor. I need prayer in this area. Nothing to be ashamed of. You can leave here free from anxiety. Leave here free from depression. Leave here free from all of that. Thank you, Lord. So I just want to invite you. I'm going to open up the altars to come on down here. We're just going to two or three minutes. You say, that's me. I need prayer. There's freedom here this morning. Absolute freedom. From all the works of the enemy, from oppression. Hi, Spirit. From oppression, depression, anxiety. You know, I, I used to suffer called that from depression. It runs in my family. You know, my father, my, my aunts. I, you know, depression was, was, was something that took out a lot of my family members. And I'd be on medication and, and tried so many different things. And I thought, man, I'd never be free from this. I'll always have to depend on that. Uh, and even that wasn't helping. But depression is, a, it, it's, it's satanic. It's demonic. It is so wicked. So wicked. So I know that there's freedom available. I know that there's a way out. And that's what all this is about. Good news to someone. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is good news. The gospel means good news. The good news to someone who's depressed is they don't have to be depressed anymore. The good news to someone who's dealing with anxiety is you don't have to deal with anxiety anymore. By the life and power of God. Lift up your hands. Close your eyes, lift your hands. Thank you, Father. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets you free. Thank you, Father. Life, I declare life. I declare you will live and not die. I declare you will fulfill the plans and purposes 
that God has ordained for your life. In the name of Jesus, I declare peace that surpasses understanding. Peace. You leave here with that load off your back. I declare peace. I speak to your body and command it to get in line with the word of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. In the name of Jesus, Father, I ask that you would touch him right now. That your compassion would overtake her. That your love would overtake her. Let her know how much you care for her, how much she's valued. Thank you, Lord, for making crooked places straight in her life. I declare you'll never be the same. You will never be the same. Follow her all the days of her life. Peace is your portion. You leave here free. Free in the name of Jesus. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Every organ in your body functions the way it's supposed to function. Every part of you is working the way God has created it to function. In the name of Jesus. The life of God on the inside of you quickens your mortal body be free be whole father i ask that you would open up doors for her that no man can shut lord i ask that you meet every one of her needs father i ask supernaturally that you would increase her become so real to her father the blessing of the lord upon your house upon your children i declare your children on fire for the things of god every one of them will serve god Every one of them will know his peace and his love. Restoration to your family. Yes, supernatural restoration. In Jesus' name. He loves you. In Jesus' name. Bless you. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Yes. Spirit of torment, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. I speak life over you. It stops now. In Jesus' name, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You leave here free, but it's up to you to hold on to it. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. Completely free from every bondage of the enemy. In Jesus' name. Yes, the oil of gladness comes upon you. The oil, the oil of gladness. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Ha, 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 ha. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The oil of gladness. Go, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Devil, we laugh at you. Ha, 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 ha. We laugh at impossibilities. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, the situation will turn. Yes, it will shift. Yes, 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 yes. Life, light in the name of Jesus. Ha, ha. Peace. Thank you, Father. Yes. <laughs> you look very nice, Libby. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yes. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your mercy, your compassion. Thank you, Father. You are merciful. You are full of compassion. Lord, I thank you that you honor this act of humility. <laughs> great grace comes upon you. I declare great grace, waves of grace waves of grace to carry you forward, to carry you into the next season. Yes, great grace. 
waves of grace. Like a, like, a, like a wave carrying a surfer, you'll get carried into the next season by the grace of God. I declare peace that surpasses all understanding. And in this, the spirit of torment right now, in Jesus' name, comes off of you right now. Be free from that spirit of torment in Jesus' name. I declare you're quick, sharp, and alert. You are quick, sharp, and alert to the things of God. Yeah, quick, sharp, alert in the spirit. Yes. No, 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 no. No more double. No more here. No more there. You shall be on the straight and narrow. You shall know exactly what to do in every single situation. Yes. You are led of the Spirit, the voice of a stranger. You shall not follow. Ha, ha, ha. And Father, I declare right now, uh, based upon what you have said, that those that give generously shall reap generously. And I declare right now that she shall never be without seed. She shall never be without. She shall never know lack. Ha, ha, ha. She shall have every good and beneficial thing in her house. She shall be a blessing, come on, to her generation. She shall be a blessing to her children's children in the name of Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Peace. Focus on peace. Study peace. Go ahead and read, study, get, get a hold of things on peace. In the name of Jesus. Peace. Because you're free right now. You're free. You don't have to go study to get free. You're already free. But you need to, to build your faith in this area because the enemy is a persistent cuss. He tries to continue to come back and tries to open up the door again. What you do when you study it out, you fortify that door. You put a deadbolt, come on, you, you put more, more, more locks on that door and you never let him back in. You're free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the anointing. For the anointing that does the work. Destroys every yoke, removes every burden. Haha, <laughs> the anointing comes upon you right now. In Jesus' name, makes crooked places straight. Yes, thank you for meeting her where she is right now. Peace, joy, increase. Be whole in Jesus' name. Haha, <laughs> yes. Faithfulness, faithfulness, <laughs> faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness faithfulness yes plant it and you shall flourish plant and you shall flourish plant and you shall flourish don't go to the left nor to the right stay on the path stay on the path do not let the book of the law depart out of your mouth meditate on it day and night for then you shall make that way prosperous and thou shalt have good success <laughs> yes in the name of Jesus I declare supernatural promotion upon your life. Favor that surrounds you as with a shield. In Jesus' name. Peace in Jesus' name. Spirit of torment, I bind you right now. I command life. Life. The life. The life. Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. <laughs> in a greater way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Anybody else need prayer? Anybody else? Lift your hands up to heaven. If there's anybody here that has never received Jesus, as Lord and Savior, or if you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you to do so this very morning. There are two places that we go, one will go to when they leave this earth. You will either go to heaven or you will go to hell. 
Hell was not created for man. Hell was created for the devil and his cohort. But you have to decide whether you will follow Jesus. You have to make the decision to accept him into your heart. He did not create robots. You have a free will and you have to choose life. Deuteronomy, it says, I put before you life, death, blessing, cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. You have to make the decision to choose life. You have to say, I will choose Jesus. I want to follow him. Because if you don't know where you will go when you die, if you say, Pastor, I don't know. If I die, I hope I get into heaven or, you know, I'm a good person. That's great. But the only way you get into heaven is by accepting Jesus into your heart. And you're not promised tomorrow. You can lay your head on a pillow and tonight and your life may be required of you. Today is the day of salvation. Don't think that you have to clean yourself up to come to God. You come to Him as you are. As you are. He will give you the grace, the strength, the help to change the things that need to be changed. He will give you the power. He will deliver you. But you have to take the step. You have to say, I want to receive Him. So if you're here this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus into my heart so that I can know that I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I want this abundant life that Jesus came for me to have. I want everything he wants for me. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, pray with me. On the count of three, I want you to lift up your hand. One, don't let anything stop you. Two, this is your moment. Three, raise your hands, slip your hand up real high. If you're here this morning, you say, I want to pray. I see that hand. You're watching online, I'm going to invite you to pray that as well. Ma'am, come on up here, ma'am, if you don't mind. Yeah, come on up here. Give a round of applause, she comes. What's your name? Nancy. Nancy? Nice to meet you, Nancy. I'm so glad you're here. And what's your, your son's name? Ivan? Isaac? Precious. What's up, man? How you doing? I like your chain, man. What? Man, that's nice. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you want to pray to receive Jesus into your heart? No? It's a very simple prayer. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a very simple but powerful prayer. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, will be saved. Very simple. So close your eyes. Lift your hands up to heaven. If you're watching online, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You were crucified. And on the third day, God rose you from the dead. I repent of all my sin and I ask you to forgive me. I give you my life. Do something with it. Heal me. Deliver me. Wash me clean. I believe I am now saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Welcome to the kingdom of God. So glad you're here. I'm so glad you prayed that. Now you know that you know. Somebody ever asked you, are you going to go to heaven? You say, yep, because Jesus is in my heart. He's my Lord and Savior. It's very important that you get plugged into a church. We'd love to have you here. Uh, but 
very vital that you get connected with other believers to help you uh, experience the fullness of what God has for you, to teach you in these things. It's like moving to another country. You have to learn the laws, and, and so we're here to help you in any way. Anything at all you need, you let us know. All right? God bless you. Yeah? And then you live here in the area? Yeah. On Beaver? Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Wow. Praise God. Well, welcome. We really hope to see you again. Uh, if you would, Hoomi and Debbie, right? They're, they're ministers. They just have a little book they want to give to you if you don't mind going with them. All right. God bless you. Yeah, give a round of applause. You go. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Pray that online. I want to invite you to plug in. If you're anywhere around the world, reach out to me. I want to know that you prayed that prayer. I want to help get some materials into your hands. And if you live anywhere near uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we want to invite you to Life in Christ Church. You will love it here. Our services are at 10 a.m. Uh, more information on the website, lichurch.com. Father, I pray a blessing over every person here. I thank you, Lord, that you're meeting each and every one of them where they are. I declare increase upon their household. I declare the blood of Jesus over them, and I declare no weapon formed against them shall prosper. No disease, no sickness shall come near their dwelling. I declare your body's healed and functioning according to how God has proposed it to function, and I declare supernatural angels are encamped around you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Supernatural protection upon you and your household. I declare this will be the best week that you have ever had. Favor surrounds you as with a shield, both with God and with man. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.